Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Tom Daly. I'm super excited to be sharing my podcast, Made With Love. It's easy to focus in so much that you lose some of the enjoyment from things. And that's one of the things I learned over the years of Formula One is why I'm doing it. Discovering a love of knitting actually helped me be my best on the board and get my hands on an Olympic gold medal. And I'm on a mission to find out how others have made what they love a central part of their lives too. We shouldn't be looking blindly for hope, but rather try to create that hope ourselves. Follow and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of the new episodes dropping very soon. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hey book lovers, want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is a mini episode from M's Books and Cats podcast, where I am sharing a book with you, a chapter or two, sometimes a week. This week is a double episode. I have chapters three and four. So please enjoy chapter three of Super Jim. Maggie's dad had always been her hero. Her mother never really loved her. She did nothing to hide her wish for a prettier daughter and was constantly reminding Maggie of her many shortcomings. Her mother was thin and beautiful. She ate very little and subsisted on super gym shakes and vitamins. She did her hour of training, but her effort was minimal. She just naturally fit the ideal and could never really understand the struggle. Maggie was soft and round like her dad. When she was little, she had enjoyed reading and watching the old shows that her dad loved. They were antiquated stories about space and time travel. Maggie had often wished that she could be beamed somewhere far, far away from the city and her mother and the super gyms. She was only nine when Benjamin Pratt took over Femisili. It didn't take long for his super gyms to dominate the skyline. He passed laws that banished junk food, it required anyone with a fat rating of two or higher to exercise for a minimum of four hours a day. No one tried to stop him. The beautiful people were quietly happy that they no longer had to look at the fatties. And the fatties were too embarrassed and scared to speak out against him. Anyone who did dare to protest soon went missing. Maggie's father was one of the first to disappear. The last uprising had been a little more than six months ago, the final purge. The Health at Any Size Coalition had grown for several years after Benjamin Pratt took over Famasili. The fatties joined together to fight for acceptance and respect in the face of the growing super gym craze. Maggie considered joining them many times over the years. She was young, but they would have taken her. They might have even tried to protect her. But in the end, she couldn't do it. She was not proud of her fat. Her body was an embarrassment, and she did not want to draw attention to her flab. It was a good decision. Every member of the organization was eventually hunted down and killed. 
Mr. Pratt declared they were a plague on Famicili. He wanted them exterminated like bugs. So they were wiped out of existence. Maybe there were others, but if so, they had abandoned their cause and bought a Super Gym membership. Everyone did if they wanted to survive. The final purge was the worst. Some of the strongest members were the last to be rounded up. They had gone into hiding, and it took Mr. Pratt's goons a long time to find them. The day they were captured, Maggie felt her last ounce of hope die. They bound the fatties' hands and feet, and several of the strongest super gym trainers dragged them through the streets. Their screams filled the air as everyone gathered in the park to watch the final executions. The hangings had been terrible, but this was worse. They were trussed up in front of everyone and hung like pigs over hot coals. Some cried. Some begged for leniency. The strongest of them remained silent. They watched the growing crowd with looks of disdain. But this was a mistake. Benjamin Pratt had to make an example of them. His trainers killed the criers first. They were the lucky ones. A quick slash across their throats and it was over. The silent ones suffered the most. Mr. Pratt gave a speech before the executions. He listed their numerous offenses and whipped the crowd into a frenzy. Maggie joined in. Everyone did. It wasn't safe to stand out from the group. She screamed and stamped her feet. She shook her fists in the air. Mr. Pratt walked out into the crowd and selected three people. Maggie was the last one chosen. Her knees were weak as she followed him to the stage. She was certain it was her time to die. Instead, he handed her a knife. She didn't want to do it, but she didn't have a choice. She clutched the handle of the knife and tried to slow her racing heart. Maggie put the blade to the man's throat, but Mr. Pratt stopped her hand. They were not going to die that day. Not by her hand, anyway. For one very brief moment, Maggie was relieved. The trainers surrounded her. They crossed their arms over their chests and formed a tight circle around her and the fatty. They forced her to strip the man, first of his clothing, and then of his flesh. She gagged as she carved the fat from his body. He was a large man, and he held out for as long as he could. Then he began to scream. He cried and fought against the restraints while she cut. Blood spilled everywhere. It splashed over her shoes and splattered her legs. The crowd was cheering and screaming wildly, like animals. Maggie was crying so hard she could barely see. She threw up, but the trainers would not let her stop. She kept cutting until the man was unrecognizable. Mr. Pratt parted the wall of muscle and examined her work. A small smile crept onto his lips, and he gave her a slight nod. He slashed the man's throat with one quick motion. Maggie screamed and buried her face in her blood-soaked hands. She hadn't slept for a year afterward. Chapter 4 They were changing the fat rating system again. Every time the system changed, the numbers were harder to achieve. Maggie had an FR of four. The new system would make it a seven. 
It was far beyond the acceptable range, but that was nothing new. She had never had an acceptable fat rating. No one cared at first. Benjamin Pratt only took an interest in her when her mother was promoted to trainer. As a trainer, her mother could no longer be seen with Maggie in public. Mr. Pratt moved Maggie into a small apartment with a girl named Monica and paid Tessa to train her for two hours every day. This was in addition, of course, to the four hours that clients with her FR were required to do daily. Mr. Pratt made Maggie an office assistant at the newest super gym. Her life was under constant scrutiny. She couldn't escape the watchful eyes of the trainers, but it made no difference. Her weight refused to budge. It made Mr. Pratt angry, but he usually took his anger out on Tessa. He had slapped Tessa repeatedly during a heated argument the previous week. That day, Maggie had stepped on the scale and gained six pounds. Thor finished Maggie's workout that day. It was her first time training with him, and she never wanted to work with him again. His style was completely different. He didn't yell like Tessa and the other trainers. He didn't need to. His sheer size was enough to intimidate, and his pale eyes gave him a sinister look. Maggie was briefly attracted to him, until he threw a heavy dumbbell at her face. Today, he merely pointed to the squat rack. She eyed the bar warily. The plates were stacked on either end, and she knew she couldn't lift it. She was exhausted. Day after brutal day, she trained. For nothing. She wasn't getting smaller. Her limbs were heavy. Her joints ached and cracked when she moved. She didn't have anything left to give. But he still wanted more. His hand darted out and pinched her hard on her squishy behind. She let out a startled squeak, which immediately shocked and mortified her. He just stared at her, expressionless. But his eyes were daggers. Other clients were watching her. Their trainers were watching. Maggie could feel their smug, amused stares. Her cheeks burned. Thor raised his toned, tattooed arm and pointed again. You're gonna get it. Better start lifting. She shuffled her tired bones to the rack and positioned herself under the bar. She sighed as the weight settled upon her shoulders. Thor snapped his head around and caught the others staring. They jumped back into action. The trainers yelled louder and piled on the weights. Clients groaned and whimpered as they struggled to lift. Thor turned his attention back to Maggie. He spoke in monosyllables and grunts, commanding her to push her body beyond its limits. It went on for hours. When she collapsed on the floor from exhaustion, he put a 45-pound plate on her back and made her do push-ups. She forgot everything. She forgot Tessa and the blood. She forgot the sickening crack of her hand making contact with Tessa's jaw. Even the throbbing pain in her wrist was forgotten. She was beyond thinking. Everything hurt too much. Finally, as she lay on the floor in a quivering ball, he tossed a towel at her and told her to take a shower. She sat up slowly and tried to fight the blackness that was creeping in around the edges of her vision. She didn't want to pass out. Thor knelt beside her and put his face close to hers. You made a big mistake, Maggie. Tessa was a kitten. 
and you're mine now. His smile was worse than his usual scowl, and Maggie knew she was going to die. His sharp, icy eyes were the last things she saw as the darkness closed in completely. Thor stood up and examined his work. The gym was empty. Daily quotas were filed, and everyone was home preparing their evening meals. Soon the whole city would be asleep. Thor looked at Maggie once more before turning out the lights. He shook his head and left her in the darkness. A small shadow of a smile creased his stern face as he locked the doors and popped in his earbuds. Thunderous guitars and crashing drums filled his ears as he began his long run home. And that is the end of chapter four, book lovers. I hope you are enjoying Super Gym, and make sure to come back next week for another new chapter. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Tom Daly. I'm super excited to be sharing my podcast, Made With Love. It's easy to focus in so much that you lose some of the enjoyment from things. And that's one of the things I learned over the years of Formula One is why I'm doing it. Discovering a love of knitting actually helped me be my best on the board and get my hands on an Olympic gold medal. And I'm on a mission to find out how others have made what they love a central part of their lives too. We shouldn't be looking blindly for hope, but rather try to create that hope ourselves. Follow and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of the new episodes dropping very soon. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com